This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hey, before the episode starts, I want to let you know it is brought to you by the new comedy web series called Howard's Hot Roommate. So let me pose you this question. What if your new roommate was the woman of your dreams? Would you be cool? Not Howard. Would you be tough? Not Howard. Would you be sexy? Definitely not Howard. Howard's Hot Roommate starts Timothy Honor, Stephanie Maloof, and more importantly, was created and written by Earwolf's very own John O'Cohen, which he's a friend of mine. I work with him. Great dude. You can check out all six episodes of Howard's Misadventures now at meethoward.com. Go to meethoward.com and laugh. I enjoyed it immensely. So here, here's the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and thank you for tuning in and downloading this to your device or computer or however it is that you listen to it. Um, we're getting close to our 200th episode, and I realized that like maybe a week ago, and it's like, oh, should I do something special for it? Nah. I'm going to do something special for probably our four-year anniversary, which comes up in April, which is nuts that I've been doing this for four years. And uh, it's awesome that uh, you, the listener, keep giving me encouragement to do this, you know, by your downloads, by your tweets, by your Facebook messages, whatever it is, however you're interacting with me, I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, I feel like we've built something together in some weird way, even though I'm doing all the damn work. (laughs) Anyways, just kidding with you. But Speaking of work, I teamed up with another incredible podcast because really podcasts are, are obviously such a fun medium. And for the, if you're listening to this right now, you obviously enjoy it. And I love to expose people to new shows. So this is a team up partnership with the show, The Damn Fine Cast, done by two fine gentlemen over in the United Kingdom, Tony and Scott, who basically have been doing it for the past year and they cover the soundtrack beat. And I know... That may turn off some of you immediately to be like, oh, what? I don't even know what that is. But here, let me get up on my soapbox and pontificate a little bit about the beauty of scores and soundtracks. So for those of you that know and follow the show pretty regularly, know that I'm a huge fan of that. And so I've been listening to their show and I love it. It's great because what they do is, uh, you know, they, they, they take what's been happening in sort of the soundtrack score world as far as like what's coming out. And then they talk about purchases they've made the past week. And then they also have a very in-depth interview with composers and luminaries within the, that sort of uh, scene. And uh, it's amazing because I've been able to draw so many conclusions of the lineage of people that have been influenced by punk and hardcore and independent music to the soundtrack world. A lot of people who are putting out records within that world are basically come from the DIY independent scene that we all love so dear. So there's a direct correlation for me to that. And then also just the fact that I really, really enjoy listening to that music because uh, it's either beautiful, haunting, whatever they are trying to encapsulate within the film. And it's just uh, such an awesome world. And so their show really dives deep into it. And uh, honestly, it's just an education process for me because, uh, you know, I don't pretend to be uh, as knowledgeable about this world as I do, you know, mid 90s hardcore. But I love that I'm able to learn about the stuff that exists out there and then revisit movies. And it's just a great service. So if you love film, you will love this show as well. And then if you love music, you'll also like the show. So we basically, we decided to appear on each other's shows and do kind of a, um, I don't know, sort of round table, so to speak. So it's definitely not your traditional sort of interview that you're used to. Uh, but at the same time, I think you will really enjoy this. So, uh, please check out their show, the damn fine cast. Um, I encourage you greatly to do that. And, uh, another favor, please 
Amazon affiliate link. I know I'm beating it into your heads for those of you that listen to this on a weekly basis, but just do it. Just take this link that you see in your show notes, copy it, paste it, or click it, put it in your browser, bookmark it, and then shop. Because realistically, that gives me a nice little kickback. And it takes you nothing. There's nothing that comes out of your pocket. You're able to benefit the show in so many different ways. And plus, it doesn't matter where you're from. Like you could be in the Ukraine listening to this, which to be fair, there are a few of you that listen to the Ukraine. Uh, and uh, if they have Amazon and they ship, then you, I will be able to get a kickback. So do that for me and for the show, because uh, yeah, I'm not going to you know bug you in so many other respects as far as like, oh, please give me money. The show won't exist without you because, you know, I obviously have advertisers and that helps the show out greatly. Um, but yeah, that's just a really, really, really simple way for you to kind of dive right in there and do that. So anyways, here is our conversation with the damn fine cast, soundtracks, music, punk, hardcore, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you after we're done. Joining us now on the DFC is Ray Harkins from the 100 Words podcast. And for this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different, where this portion of our podcast will be featured on Ray's podcast. So, Ray, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I am doing splendidly well because uh, I get to be a uh, guest on this this fine establishment <laughs> of a podcast. Oh, please, please, you uh, you flatter us, sir. you really do. Well, well it, it it's one of those things where it's like the uh, the community of podcasters that focus on music is obviously pretty small, and so mm-hmm. when you find like-minded folks such as yourself it's like hey you're doing a great thing more people need to know about what you're doing and uh, hopefully people that listen to this aren't like hey ray's a terrible person i won't listen to his show <laughs> so uh hope, hopefully it'll work out that way <laughs> i'm sure it will you know it's it's one of those like funny things you did touch on it that i mean i don't really know of that many um musical podcasts that necessarily focus on one thing or a few things uh like us you know it's one of the reasons why we started doing the dfc is because we there are other soundtrack podcasts out there there's a couple that i know of but none that are kind of doing things the way we are and you know as big as podcasting has become it's still kind of baffling to me that the the whole thing isn't bigger yet I agree wholeheartedly. It it kind of frustrates me when I look at the iTunes charts Mm. in regards to the music section for podcasts, because like, honestly, the top, you know, whatever, 40, 50 shows, like a good 20 of them are, uh, and no disparaging them, but like, it's like four hour DJ mixes. It's like, here's Tiesto's club mix. And it's like, (laughs) that's not a, that's not a podcast. That's him playing music for four hours. It's like, it sounds like my idea of a nightmare, but (laughs) I, I just don't, I don't get it where it's like, there's, there's not more, yeah, musical commentary. And so, yeah, yeah. that's why it's a, it's a good, Hey, basically it's a good thing. We both exist. <laughs> I know. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I really, I really do. And I don't think any of the other podcasts I listen to really focus on music at like actual, the actual playing of music. Um, and, and I'm, most of the podcasts, I actually know all of the podcasts I think I listen to on a regular basis are mainly just, um, they might have one or two songs, but some are just dialogue based. And for me, that's originally what I thought a podcast was. I didn't think you could, you know, do music on a podcast. I thought it, it had to adhere to that. Just no, it's, it's dialogue. That's what a podcast is. But I guess 
it may have started off that way, but as time has progressed and podcasting has become bigger, it's become, you know, it's become like radio, I guess. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it basically, it's like you can obviously get as niche as you like, which, you know, both both of the <laughs> things that we are doing yeah. are incredibly niche. But at the same time, it's like the people that are passionate about it love it so much. And it's like we, you feel when you discover a new show, it's the same way when you discover a new soundtrack or a yeah. new composer or a new band, you just become so enamored with them that you're like, so I'm going to collect every single piece of music by this particular person <laughs> because they're the best thing ever. True, um, true. Which, you know, not everybody has that impulse, but uh, fortunately we do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you find it that we've, I mean, we haven't been going uh, as long, but we've, you know, we regularly hear from people where they're like, oh, I've just discovered your show. I've gone back and I've listened to all 30 something episodes in a week. And I just think that's insane. Like, how, yeah. how have you done? <laughs> that's like 60 something <laughs> hours of like listening to me speak, which is, which is just, you know, which is just crazy. Have, do you, do you found that as well? Well, people will come along and just be like, Oh man, I like this guy and this guy and this guy. And he's, he's talking to everyone I love. So oh, I need to listen to everything. Yeah. It, it, no, it definitely is. Like, I, it's weird. I'm, I, I think I'm overly attached to the people that listen to the show. It's mm-hmm. like, if anybody uh, dares to email me, I'm like, all right, well, it looks like we're friends for life. Like, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for checking out the show. But there definitely is that dialogue where, um, people jump in because they, they like a particular guest that I've brought on mm-hmm. and then they start to listen, you know, they start to cherry pick and listen to the guests they like, but then more often than not, they end up being like, yeah, I started listening to people who I don't even care about from, yeah. you know, this band A or band B. And then they start to really, really just enjoy the conversations. Because ultimately, I think, um, you know, a common thread with both of our shows is that even though so many people come from such kind of, you know, diverse backgrounds and are doing different things that might not be connected to independent music. And that was obviously what prompted me to reach out to you guys. Yeah. The, 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 origin stories of so many people are, are are so similar because like ultimately the stuff that we are interested in is a subculture and a subculture of a subculture where it's like we just start to get more involved in really weird bizarre <laughs> outs- outsider art um yeah. that is like oh yeah just because i like you know metallic hardcore or punk I really would like to see someone's brains get eaten too. So where does this, where does this lie? Oh, yeah, wow. There's, yeah. there's horror movies. It's also like, um, for me, um, it's kind of like when Tony came along with the idea for our podcast, it was like, Oh shit. I now have an excuse for all of this madness. <laughs> a little bit. It was like, now, now I have a reason to talk about it. And that kind of will validate it a bit more than just the, the madness of me listening and collecting to all these soundtracks and, knowing literally no one else who's as interested <laughs> as, as this stuff as I am. Totally. It's the great, it's the great equalizer where yeah. it's like you all, you all kind of, you know, are, are in the same room mm. and then you just start to look around and you're just like, Hey, there was a lot more people into this than you would have originally anticipated. Yeah. And especially too, where it's like, I think the, to me, the most important thing in this digital age is like obviously building a context. Cause it's like, mm. you know, it's really easy for anybody to do research on a composer or a band or whatever. Um, and, and understand relatively speaking, the historical context of where this person lies. But there are some things that are so incredibly difficult to put into words, unless you are going to talk about it for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. <laughs> and then it'll only make more sense where it's like, yeah, do you realize that like, 
Goblin was a huge band. Like they, they, it may seem like this weird small corner of the universe, but it's like they were, they had to turn down so many offers for soundtracks because they were getting hit up by everybody to be like, yeah, could you, could you sound like that other movie you did? And they're like, <laughs> well, I no, Can we do something different? And it's like, all right, well then how about the, uh, you know, B rate and C rate studio musicians that were just knocking Goblin off. It's yeah. like, mm. it's unbelievable. I, w- I once, um, this is completely, uh, you know, out of nowhere, but I once had the chance to ask them some questions. Not mm-hmm. not as an, like an interview, but it was, you know, a, a show and there was a Q&A afterwards. And it was one of those classic... I was talking a bit about some of the stuff you're saying and then also saying, do you guys, did you guys sort of always like horror or was it something that you got kind of typecast into? And it was one of those ones where I'd like... I literally talked for about five minutes and then uh, Massimo Moranti just went, no. <laughs> and that was just <laughs> and I was like, like okay got it shut down cool. <laughs> one thing i wanted to ask you ray actually like you've, you've been doing the podcast thing for uh for a while now and you know we're, we're still kind of relatively new to it and you know most people when i see people you know back in uh or london or i keep up with people on facebook and stuff and they're like oh you know what are you up to now i'm like oh you know i've got this podcast thing and, and some people get it and some people understand what it is but then I've had to explain what a podcast is to like my parents or a family member Uh, or even with my writing. It's like, well, I write about horror movie soundtracks and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, right. Well, you know, like a, a, like a movie and the soundtrack and they're like, no, no, I know what a soundtrack is, but why would anybody want to read about that? Or why would anybody want to listen to you talk about that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Thanks for pissing all over everything I'm doing, (laughs) but it's just, have you found it like, Maybe not so much now because you've been going for uh, for a while. But did back in the like when you first started, did you find having to explain that you're a podcaster and people just looked at you sideways? Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I the best way you used to describe it before, obviously, the boom of podcasting in the past year and a half, two years was just the oh yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like internet radio, mm-hmm. and people are like oh okay, I get it. Um, but then, yeah, but now you can use the word podcast and it's like, oh, okay. But I mean, obviously now it's kind of got to the point where, you know, if someone says that they're in a band now, it's like big deal. Who cares yeah. if you're in a band? <laughs> and it's like, it's the same token idea as podcasting where it's like, oh, so you, you got a podcast. Like, that's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in a, what real original idea there. Yeah. Um, but, it, but at the same time, it, to me, it shows the, the stick-to-itiveness. It's like if you are around for honestly, like usually a year to a year and a half is when it sticks into, you know, uh, you'll be able to see if anyone cares about what you're doing. Sure, sure. To me, that's the best part of just the execution of said idea. And then, you know, if you even if you have a small community of people that care about what you do, it's still mm-hmm. awesome. So, yeah, no, I... It's it's definitely um, come a long way to where people understand it a lot more. But there mm. there still is the occasional guest that I have on where I'm just I have to describe. It's like, so this isn't live. I promise. Like I'll yeah. be able to edit if you say something stupid. I promise I'll be able to edit. And it's like, oh okay. But generally speaking, it's yeah. more. Oh yeah, I get it. I don't, I don't know if I'm speaking. I might be speaking for Tony. I might not be. Um, but it's always like important to me that we didn't get hung up too much on sort of viewing or listening figures. Mm. Um, because that can detract you from the whole point of what you started doing. And um, and I think that the internet does breed a bit of that. It breeds a bit of kind of like how well am I doing by looking mm-hmm. at figures for things, whether it's, you know, people's 
Twitter followers or whatever that is. And I catch myself a couple of times thinking, oh, I wonder how we could get more <laughs> listeners. And it's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter how many we have. You know, yeah. we've just got to, we've just got to do what we do. And well, uh, if people find it, they find it. That's it. When we, when we, like we started this, I genuinely didn't think, I, I didn't think nobody would listen. I thought some people would, but I mean, I'm not bragging or anything, but over the last 10 or 11 months, the show has grown far bigger than I ever expected it. Like, right. literally, I had no clue that we would, you know, if someone a year ago would have said to me, oh, you know, you're going to be speaking to Fabio Fritzi or Christopher Young, and I would have just been like, oh, okay, fine, whatever, weirdo. <laughs> but right. it's, you know, it, like, our podcast has become this thing where we can talk to people online about the same things, and we can recommend a record, and someone's like, oh, you should hear this if you like this. And, you know, it's basically like we just have this community of people that are just the coolest people I've ever spoken mm. to. And I've never met them. And you well, know, it's such a I, great thing. It totally is. I, I think it's, it's the, uh, the ability. Cause I, I often say this to people, you know, that, that I have on my show where it's like, it's very difficult. Like even people that you're, you're close friends with to have like, you know, coffee with them or like, mm-hmm. Hey, let's, let's carve out an hour of our day. And it's like, you know, everyone's busy. Everyone has 9 million things going on. And when you're able to like schedule a time to speak to somebody in a constructive fashion that will obviously serve some sort of like self-promotion and then also serve a function of, Oh, getting to know that person a little bit better. Cause it's not like you sit down with your friends and they're like, all right, let's start from the beginning. True. And yeah. it's so mm-hmm. it, it's, it's this really weird sort of selfish <laughs> act that i feel like <laughs> i i'm a part of as well where i'm just like i don't i if, if no one's listening that's fine mm-hmm. i get to speak to people mm-hmm. about you know more about who they are as as a person and obviously kind of what led them to do what they do and i, I think that's a another beautiful component of it to be like hey do you have an hour to to hang yeah, out with me yeah oh, and it's, so it's, it's like yeah. a, it's like a priorities thing with us as well where we started off it was we were really adamant that we weren't we certainly weren't going to pretend to be, but we're not like experts about what we're talking about. No. And what what we kind of had going for us is that we we kind of don't know each other that well or each other's taste that well, so we can actually surprise each other and sort of uh, introduce each other to stuff. And and it was more important for us to just like come across as uh, uh, it sounds really cheesy, but you know, just like just like one of the listeners. But mm-hmm. we happen to have just like gotten in front of a mic and. Are talking about it and um yeah that's that's like way more important than because hmm. sort of, like the interview yeah. side of it we were talking earlier and hmm. it was like the the interviews to me i think of them as an archive of stuff that's happening at the moment hmm. rather than um like interviews or kind of promotion or anything it's almost like it's getting these it's getting these people to talk about what they've done and it's creating this sort of little archive of uh like a, a snapshot of what what we saw happening around us at the time that kind of thing yeah i i totally agree with you it is i i didn't i didn't even think about it in those terms until um i had a uh, a friend of mine who actually lived in in london and he was uh you know producing and editing the show with me and it was one of those things where it, it takes an outsider to look at the sort of work that you're doing and mm. he was like yeah you're you're kind of you know preserving these people's story i mean obviously mm. as long as <laughs> mp3s and audio <laughs> exists future like you're kind of, 
Yeah, exactly. You're kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're documenting these things in the exact fashion that you're talking about. And it's like, that's the, you, you, it gets lost on you when you're just in the minutia of working on it. And mm. then you're kind of like, oh, wow. Like you said, you're, you're a year later and you're just like, oh, wow. I talked to all these rad people and like, holy crap. Like there's, if a person spends the time to listen to all these, they are probably going to come away with a better understanding of, you know, these different facets of this subculture. Yeah. Mm. It's just, yeah, it's, we're just waxing poetic about yeah. podcasts in general. My gosh, this is, this is adorable. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's one of the, if, if I wasn't a part of the DFC, I'd be its biggest fan. I really would because every week I come here, I look forward to seeing Scott. I look forward to listening to what he's got to play me. And there are times when Scott plays me the weirdest thing. And mm-hmm. even though I don't get it and I don't enjoy it, I'm glad that he does. I'm glad that that someone out there has made this music, put it on record, and now Scott can enjoy that. And it's it's one of the reasons why I love doing the show. And, you know, as long as it keeps being fun, we will continue to do it. I think whenever it feels like we're obligated to do it is probably when we'll just be like, yeah. Yeah, I never really think of us as that punk, but I think we are actually in the sense of as soon as we feel like somebody's got an expectation of us or, Mm. you know... um, is actually, like you say, kind of um, pushing us to do something, we'll be like, yeah. see ya. That's it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not like we are not recording it for the people that are listening out there, but we're recording it mainly for us. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a thing because we like doing what we're doing. But, you know, if it, if it came along and you know, KFC yeah. or McDonald's wanted to sponsor <laughs> us, and I was like, yeah, but you have to do like an, uh, a five-minute segment on McNuggets, it'd be like, yeah. I, don't I think it's, it's nuts as well because we we genuinely don't think of ourselves as like super experts at all, like no. literally at all. And then occasionally, I can't remember who it was, but one of one of the uh, composers we interviewed was like, "But you guys are like the the, the experts." And and it, actually, what what he was responding to was that we were just interested in actually interested in what he was saying, rather than these interviews that are kind of plowing through you know the, the rope questions and the same kind of touchstones from their career or whatever um i think that's what's cool is that, that it is like really democratic as long as you're enthusiastic and interested in something i think it's interesting to listen to that and mm-hmm. so that's kind of in my i've got very limited experience of listening to podcasts and certainly been involved this is the only one i've ever been involved in so <laughs> it's um to me that seems like that's the coolest thing about it um yeah, uh, when when you're not pretending to be, uh, you know, kind of the most uh, world. Yeah, this expert. is the, right. This isn't the definitive tome exactly. on yeah. soundtracks in general. Yeah, in and fact, then, you need thirty people doing the same thing slightly <laughs> differently, and then you've got a <laughs> totally kind of thing, haven't you? You've got sort of then you got a weird tapestry. But the uh, the uh, I think the reason that obviously I, I felt such a kinship it was I don't know the 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 idea that obviously when I reached out to you guys and introduced the idea of like hey it seems really really bizarre to me that it's like not only I mean because we've had similar guests it's like you know I've had Kevin from Waxwork I had Spencer from you know Death Waltz and Mondo and like we've had a lot of the same guests mm. but then it was like I was seeing all of these weird stories start to emerge of just like <laughs> oh essentially every single one of these people that owns uh, you know a prominent label within the sort of you you know, r- revival soundtrack era that we're in right now is connected to independent music because the, it's yeah. it's the same exact idea. It's like you don't need permission to put out the soundtrack. I mean, you do yeah. from a master <laughs> rights perspective. <laughs> you could or you could boot like the shit out of it, like a lot of people do. But um, 
I just started to see all these threads and it was so interesting that it was like, I was hearing it not only echoed in the people that I had on my show, but then just hearing it, um, you know, with the, the slasher, uh, you know, film festival, it's like Mm -hmm. all all of these, all these people where I was just like, Oh dude, you were like a punk and hardcore kid too. And it's like, of course it makes sense because like I was joking about earlier, you're into weird music and then it makes sense. You're into weird movies. Like it's just art. You're trying to shove in your head that no one else likes. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's completely true. I mean, even to us, to the same extent, Scott and I have come from, you know, as I was, I was mentioning to you off air, I used to DJ metal, hardcore, put on hardcore shows, put on metal shows just because I wanted to do it. You know, it wasn't, it kind of, it was one of those things where everything I liked, there wasn't many people doing at the time, so you just do it yourself. It really, mm-hmm. like, as, cl- as cliched and as cheesy as it is, I've always been a big, like, proponent of, well, no one else is doing it, so why can't Definitely. I? It's, I'm just going to, you know, what's going to stop me? Okay, failure that, will stop me, that's it. Yeah, you, you kind of saying it so clearly, I can see why we connected, because, like, mm. I, I pretty much everything I've done has been for a handful of people, mm. and that just seems to be, like, my kind of karma with stuff, is that... The, the the particular niche things that I'm into are never going to really be that kind of massively supported or attended or whatever, but I'm always really happy with that kind of, that, that you know, really um, enthusiastic sort of um, turnout for stuff. And uh, I was just thinking about it today. I was thinking, are there people out there that are kind of like me, but then they kind of think, it'd be really good to play in front of 10,000 people. What do I need to do to make that happen? Because that would be like the most insane thought I could ever have mm. as a you know an artist or whatever would just be to like how do I change so I can have more people into me and um, yeah I think just like sometimes you, your karma is just that that's not the case that you're just going to appeal to a you know a more niche kind of right and then that's cool you know i think we're we're inside a, hey i'm a, i'm properly resigned yeah. to it believe me. we're a niche inside and we like vinyl soundtracks it's yeah, not yeah. just just records it's it's actual like it's a it's an area of, of of record collecting it's just uh yeah man we're just we're just living in that niche living the dream right and i think it's it's interesting too when i i obviously all of my, my friends and peers and people that, you know, either listen to my show or just know me as a human being, um, know my, uh, emergence. Like I've always been a fan of, of soundtracks and, and, mm. and scores in general, but I haven't, um, you know, it, it wasn't, I had to focus my record collection on collecting the stuff that made the most sense to me, which was mm-hmm. like, you know, the punk and hardcore and indie rock mm-hmm. stuff. I couldn't mm-hmm. honestly, the past three years have been horrific for me to not only keep up that side of the collection, but then just be like, Oh, cool. I, now there's this whole other goddamn world that I've jumped into head first and I'm going to, I got to buy all this stuff. And now, I mean, like you guys have been mentioning on your, on your show recently where it's like, you have to economize now where you're just not like blind buying every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the when I explain it to to people, I'm just like, yeah. So these these things that may seem you know off kilter to you, it's like, what do you mean you're listening to a soundtrack? Because people, you know, a, a person who isn't trained in the idea of a soundtrack, like thinks it's just like Enya or Yanni yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that. of just like, oh, the stuff that people forget about in movies. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? But then it's like when I when I explain it, it starts to sink in. And especially like I said, when I kind of pull in the thread of like. Yeah, a lot of the people that are composing this music have come from the independent music world. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you look at the primetime composers of where it's like, you know, Cliff Martinez, and it's like, yeah, do you know he's in the Red Hot Chili Peppers? People are like, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, 
those those threads just start to become so clear and people really start to pay attention because of that thread as opposed to just this like you know oh this erythral guy that ha- doesn't have any connection to anything he was just he was born in the studio and like started, <laughs> started pressing keys and then all of a sudden he's a soundtrack composer it's like well no it, comple- no, but- it, it com- completely blows my mind thinking about um some of those guys and you know, like uh, Clint Mansell, who who comes from where we're recording this, and that he can go from like a, a small, um, you know, kind of indie pop sort of uh, band to, you know, composing the score for like Noah <laughs> is is completely insane. But um, obviously, those same the same people that are into you know, kind of like underground music and stuff were were also into those films, so they're just growing up like just waiting really for someone to ask them i bet mm. you know just waiting for the right opportunity for someone to say go on you know i think you can do it take a chance and yeah it, it and it, it totally is too the same notion of it's like i look at um you know steve moore from from zombie and it's like mm. the the fact that it's like he was you know i saw zombie in 2001 open for the dillinger escape plan mm. and people that watched zombie were like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like, you know, they're opening for a very aggressive metallic hardcore ish type band. And so people didn't know what to do with it. But at the same time, it's like by the time that they finished playing, people understood it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Like I could see that they warmed up the crowd and it, it, it just takes those little intersections of like, hey, like, you know, whatever. I Anytime anybody is like just starting to get into soundtracks and like, you know, looks to me for some guidance, it's like, yeah, you should listen to the original Dawn of the Dead soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And people listen to that and they're like, oh, my gosh, there's like songs. And it's like, yeah, like that's all <laughs> that this stuff is. It's songs that are played in movies. I don't, I don't know if you need a more simple description yeah. than this. And so people just, yeah, like I said, I think it really is about the way that you frame it. And then once people kind of wrap their heads around that, that's when it makes it so much easier for them to uh, listen to this stuff in context as opposed to like, mm. oh, what do you, oh, th- so you mean like the Batman Forever soundtrack with like Seal, Kiss from yeah, a Rose? Like yeah. that's the sort of sound. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I promise it's much different than what you think it is. <laughs> or, or like you say, the stuff that you're not meant to pay attention to, which which I'd wager that like the majority of film goes don't, you know, because that's, that that's the weird sort of like what what we're kind of like involved in with with film soundtracks and scores is is odd shining a light on them in a way because that's just an element of filmmaking that uh, kind of enriches the film and it's actually not necessarily you know a lot of composers don't necessarily think of their their scores as being music to listen to away from the film they kind of you talk to them and it's like no I did my job you know I enhanced the movie and they're not really meant to sit there and necessarily notice it. But then how many, you know, how many kind of like incredible, memorable film themes can you play to like everybody and say, what's that from? And they'll be like, well, that's Jules, the Godfather, you know, (laughs) Um, it's all going in. It's just that they're not like me. I'm sat there in the audience going, this music's fucking killing this film for me. (laughs) Spielberg, will you stop hiring Quincy Jones? You know, that kind of thing. um i i can actually just have a film ruined by somebody just like not nailing the soundtrack and i'm focused right in on it when it's not right but um yeah i think for most people it is that the whole point is you're not meant to really be sitting there going what do i think of the music at this point Mm. right yeah (laughs) i i also that's a bad film i think if you're sat there doing that 
<laughs> yeah, you're just like you're only concentrating on the music. You're like the visuals are relevant. The uh, the uh, where I kind of saw a lot of people, especially within the sort of like independent, you know, puck hardcore indie rock community, start to pay attention to. Um, you know, whatever composition and bands existing within that framework was when, um, the Friday night light soundtrack, when explosions in the sky, Mm -hmm. you know, scored that movie. And it it was one of those things where it's like, here's this band that existed for, you know, seven or eight years prior to that, Mm. they get chosen to, to write this original compositions for this movie. And then all of a sudden people that were fans of explosions in the sky were just like, Oh, what do you mean? You, you did a football movie. What the, what the hell is that? And then they watch the movie and it's like, Oh my God, it's beautiful. It makes so much sense. And then I I think it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like, of course, why would Mm. an, an instrumental indie rock band, Exactly. do a soundtrack of course it makes sense yeah but it's, it's like, just like the Sigurus thing or you know it's like oh yeah they're already making soundtrack music okay i understand right right yeah. and i think like when you know when mogwai did the uh mm. the revenant or well, not the revenant the <laughs> Le, Le revenants i'm mm-hmm. not even gonna act like i can speak french <laughs> um but like again it, once you start to see the infiltration of of bands that exist for a long time or even bands that don't exist for a long time and just these these people that kind of show the fact that there is not only a skill in the composition of this stuff but that there is uh there's a reason that people hmm. should pay attention to it yeah, absolutely i agree it's one of those things i also noticed like uh within especially within like the the metal and uh, mainly like the metal community, like occasionally you'll just kind of... I used to get it in London sometimes where like you would look at a person and they'd have like a zombie shirt on and you'd look at them and then give you a look as if to say, I also know. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things, you get kind of like typecasters, like a lot of people now I'm like, out of my friends are like, oh, the soundtrack guy. And then someone else will like just, I'll see them and they'll like, yeah, man, I really liked it. Follows kind of like it's like a on the down low kind of thing, and it's like no, it's it's okay. You can say it. it's it's good to be a soundtrack fan, right? And I I also remember it was like when uh, whenever I made uh, a, a deliberate choice to because I, I I sang for all the bands that I played in, and you know I occasionally would wear whatever a Night of Living mm. Dead shirt or zombie shirt when I was playing, and people would come up to me and because usually. Um, after we played, I would immediately run back and sell the merch because, you know, I just, that's, that's what, that's what we did. Yeah. Um, and so like when I did strike up those conversations in the same fashion of what you're talking about, where it was like, you know, we, I, I, I there was at least two or three people that I started to like trade VH. Like they had mm. more rare stuff than I did. And I was like, what do you mean you got zombie Holocaust? <laughs> Dude, could I, could you dub me a copy of that? And it was like, again, the sort of secret handshake yeah. to, and even more, like I was joking about earlier, even more niche community of just like, oh, it was, it was, it was beautiful. You felt mm. like you spoke the same language, and like we, you know, I could have spoken to those people for hours and hours, and I just met them, you know, because I was sweating on stage a few minutes ago. Yeah, and it was yeah. like because you put out that calling card. And Absolutely, people, yeah. got, people got it. That's yeah, that's not. It was exactly the same thing for me when I used to like DJ in clubs in London. I would wear like a horror movie shirt or just like a movie shirt, and mainly with the horror stuff, you would get people like, "Oh man, cool shirt!" And it's like, "Do do you know the film or do you just think it's a cool shirt?" And they're like, "No, no," and like know it. And then you know you strike up conversations and stuff. And the same thing has happened where I've been at kind of like a what do you call them like conventions, like movie conventions, where I wear like a hardcore band shirt or something, and someone will be like, "Oh man, I, I dig that band." So it works both ways. I, I've always seen that sort of correlation between the two communities. Oh yeah, absolutely, and that, that's what I think it was so. 
um, telling when I first started. I, I think I realized, you know, I, I'm sure you guys you guys experience this where it's like you know you do kind of meet a person and you kind of you can kind of tell that they already like know what's up, so mm. to speak, or you're just like, oh yeah, like this person seems like they are aware of you know everything that I'm yeah. I'm paying attention to or whatever. But it's like I remember because uh, uh, Spencer Hickman was out here in L.A. Um, this was you know like gosh 2000. 2011, 2012, I can't remember, but he was basically out here um, just kind of hanging out. And that's when I met up to interview him for my show. Mm. And it was one of those things where it's like when I met him right away, it was kind of like, I think, I think, you know, the same stuff that I know. Yeah, and like yeah. we, with, within five minutes, you know, we were talking about old stupid hardcore records. And then I just started to, like I said, I, I didn't view that world with that prism. But then once I started to, I was just like, oh, everybody's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I actually like no, no, no slam on, on, on Justin from Mondo. Cause I mean, I know obviously he, uh, he didn't come from that sort of, sort of same mm. world, but I almost find it weird now when people that are really involved heavily in this, this, the soundtrack community don't have any kinship to that whatsoever. Yeah. They're not like, oh, I don't, yeah. Like I, I've, I've heard of the misfits and it's just yeah. like, huh. Especially of a certain generation. Uh, I know like what it, you mean. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of weird. Especially like when you guys interviewed. Um, I'm totally blanking on the dude's name from Lunaris. Um, Chad. Who, it, like he uh, just from the outside presentation, he seems like a pretty button up dude. But then once I started to hear him in your guys's interview, start to reference the fact that he was into all that same stuff, I was yeah. like, huh, <laughs> they're they're everywhere. There's that's a, yeah, no, that's like you never know. And I think one of the things that kind of uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bug me as such, but like through this show, I've kind of, you know, I speak to a lot of people as well, uh, you know, because I, I run a record store. So obviously I speak to distributors and stuff like that. And I speak to some people at soundtrack labels that have no clue. They're just like, this is just a title that we're putting, like, I'm talking about the bigger labels here, not like the independents that are doing it, you know, because they love the movies. And it just, I just think, Wow. Like, to you, this is just a title that you're releasing, but you don't know the impact or the effect this is going to have on, like, you know, a few thousand people kind of thing. And, you know, it does, it's like you say, it kind of, it weirds me out when somebody that's not in our world dips, like, comes in the world, but doesn't really get it. That's, you know, that that's one yeah. thing that kind of bugs me about, because soundtracks have become so big now. Yeah, oh yeah, it's so, yeah, it's it's you know when you know kind of the major labels are getting back into releasing soundtracks, but they're they're releasing things that you can still buy for like two three bucks mm. in the in the you know in the flea markets and stuff. So they're not well, really credit, back. There's always going to be uh, yeah. There's a lot of that kind of cash grab going on, but mm. even some of the stuff that's like you say, then um, maybe you don't get the impression that it's like a a passion project or whatever. Mm. I'm slightly different in that I kind of see that this is sort of similar to you know this sort of heyday when i was when i first started buying soundtracks and that was you know in the 80s and it just means there's going to be more stuff around mm. you know i can choose to buy it or not buy it but there's a lot more stuff around and it's not i, I genuinely don't think it will last at this level no, so it's kind no. of like um it's kind of like a make hay while the sun shines for yeah. me. So, you know, no, I don't mean that to sound sort of like pessimistic. I just think it's, I think it's inevitable that, um, you know, there'll be some falling off. Hello, fine people. Pardon the interruption, but this is an important announcement. Our good friends of Audible are back. And I'm excited about that because Audible is an incredible service. So like me, myself, I love reading, but I 
only have maybe time to read for about five or ten minutes a day. Like right before I go to bed, I get through like four or five pages and it stinks because I want to read and consume so much more. And you're listening to podcasts. You know what's up with spoken audio. Like this is this is a no brainer. So they offer 180,000 books at audible.com all from the leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. They have a free app that works on iPhones, iPads, Android, and Windows Phone. And you can download and listen to on your Kindle Fire or over 500 other MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your own books, so you can access them anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone. And Audible also says, if you don't like it, They'll give it back to you. When I say give it back, means give you another book. It's the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book, no time, like the present, to turn it back and get something you do like, which is amazing. So for the listeners of the show, I want you to sign up for your free 30-day trial membership at audible.com backslash 100 words. So audible.com backslash 100 words. And you can download books like this one I'm about to recommend, Carrie Brownstein known from Portlandia, also in the amazing band Sleater Kenny, wrote Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. I recently listened to this book, Seven Hours of Pure Ecstasy. And I know that's a very tall recommendation, but it's an amazing book. It's her memoir. She gets into so many different sides of her life, and uh, she's led a very interesting life. So you can get that book at audible.com backslash 100 words and get your free 30-day trial. Just do it up. Audible.com backslash 100 words. Thank you very much, Audible. You are the best. Every week they sound better and better. They're the team behind the Modern Vinyl Podcast. Modern Vinyl says, if you're going to advertise a podcast, make it hot. It's music. It's funny. It's uncomfortably emotional. Roundtable album discussions, all your favorite modern vinyl games, and some of the most fantastic guests in music, all on the Modern Vinyl Podcast. The record store talk coming through your headphones. Subscribe on iTunes or visit modern-vinyl.com. Can't help but feel that that certain um, uh, there, there's a predatory nature to yeah. some mm-hmm. of it, especially it's like when you're looking at some of the absurdly inflated prices. Where it's like, hey, here's uh, you know forty five dollars uh, for a hundred and ten gram LP on yeah. black vinyl with no gatefold, and you're just like, what am I paying for? Yeah. Like <laughs> this is stupid. Like and you're not even including like a liner note. Like yeah. come on. Yeah. And that that's that's when you 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 just want that to go away because obviously it just you know makes makes it worse for everybody um but the there, there was i i'm gonna spring this on you guys because i i didn't necessarily prep you for this but the because like i said the sort of uh, introductory soundtracks that i do uh, i kind of go to for people who are you know just kind of dipping their toes into mm. it and don't don't really have any context for it like i said uh, like Dawn i'm interested Dead, to know which one oh so yeah dawn of the dead's so, one of them yeah I'll, I'll run through them and then obviously yeah. you guys can you, you guys can sprinkle in what you think from here but yeah i usually do the the original dawn of the dead just because that's relatively you know e- easy to find on the internet and mm. even if you're just streaming it obviously mm. is, that, um, which is, that I know the, that, is that the goblin one or yes the, oh, it's the goblin the, one okay Yes, the Goblin one. Yeah, that um, would be really weird. The library cues. Yeah, record. that would be like. I just, I just that would not ask. be a very good 
introduction. As, as I was thinking, that's an odd choice. I mean, it has no, the gonk no. on it, but you're yeah. going to rule out like 50% of people straight away. Like, no, no. I'm glad we cleared that up. Thank you. No, thank, you. Thank, thank you for the clarity. Like uh, that, 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 that score doesn't even enter my head, but yes, yeah. it's Oh, you should um, have it. It's so good. It's true. It's, it's quite, quite hubris. Um, and then usually for more recent ones, like the drive soundtrack is obviously perfect mm-hmm. because it just really engages people. They're just like, Oh, I didn't think like that again, that like so many songs would be a part of the mm. actual soundtrack. And plus yeah. that movie obviously has a great aesthetic. Um, Halloween is obviously another perfect introduction for people because again, going back to what you guys are saying, where it's just like, you could play the Michael Myers mm-hmm. <laughs> tune mm. and people are like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, this is, this is a little left of center, but, uh, it, it, it kind of really, um, uh, embodies what, uh, if, if you're talking about a tr- sort of traditional composer where it's like the untouchable soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, to oh, me yeah. is a, gr- yeah. is a great introduction for people to be like, okay, this is what the music sounds like separate from the movie yeah. that you could still listen to it. And it evokes emotions and visuals that Absolutely. you might not have thought of well look the on, last- on a certain day you know you'll get you'll have me saying that's probably one of the best scores ever written um you know full stop it's Total. just absolutely astonishing um I, I agree yeah it's it's so good and the, and the last one that uh, again this is a more recent one just because uh since most of this stuff is obviously more accessible now and people are putting it out on vinyl uh the nick soundtrack mm. um where I think that's obviously that's a little more urethral and you're going to be kind of, you know, pushing people to a more, um, atmospheric direction. Mm. But it's like, again, I think that, that, that soundtrack does such a, or that score does such a good job of evoking emotions and then also being able to, uh, bring, bring to light visuals that you might not have, not have even thought of separate from mm-hmm. watching Nick in, in general. So those are kind of the ones that I, I'm, I've been giving people to, and it's been, moderately successful where it's like you know it's like give a person a seed and then all of a sudden a tree grows <laughs> no, those, I, would, I mean those are good picks i would yeah. throw in a soundtrack with those scores i'd throw in the big lebowski off the top of my head oh I yeah i think that's just a fantastic um it's i mean it's a, a much loved film so mm. it kind of helps but i think people watch people watching that will will understand that there's some good music in it but then when they have this the soundtrack they'll be like this is eclectic as fuck. I mean, this is yeah. like a really great mixtape. So yeah, that, uh, that's what you want from a, you know, a soundtrack. I yeah, just, I uh, think. yeah, Absolutely. I mean, on my, um, I write a, a column for Blumhouse.com uh, doing their, their soundtrack column. And the next article I have going up is an introduction to horror soundtracks on vinyl. And oh, nice. one of the things that I, I strive to do all the time when I'm recommending something to someone now is recommending them something that's still impress mm. or mm-hmm. isn't ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I'm terrible for not doing that. <laughs> the thing is now, Ray, I mean, you will know because, I mean, you've been... Uh, you know, listening, collecting soundtracks, whatever. Since this whole, you know, I don't want to call it a resurgence of vinyl because, you know, vinyl never really went away. It was still there. But since soundtracks have started to become more popular on vinyl and there's more labels now and more people doing it, some of the earlier presses from a couple of years ago, some of that stuff now is exchanging money, like ridiculous, like really commanding Mm -hmm. high money. And it's just because at the minute soundtracks are hot. So for the time being, yeah, you can put those ones aside Mm -hmm. because there is stuff that's still out there that's relatively easy to find and relatively cheap. You know, Mm -hmm. you might pay like $20, $25, but that's, you know, that's the going rate. So whenever I recommend anything to anybody, the first thing I try and do is like, right, 
what do they want to hear or what do I want them to hear and how much is it going to cost them? Mm. Because a recommendation is only as good as the person you're recommending it for. You know, you could recommend someone, oh, I think you should listen to Jerry Goldsmith's The Omen. That could scare the shit out of some people because it is, in places, very intense, very powerful. Or you could recommend them something like The Nick, which is very, you know, it's like being on drugs listening to that album. It's just, you know, I, you know, it's it's what I would like and being on opium too. I've never been on opium, but I assume it's, it's got that nice dreamlike quality to it. And, you know, sometimes I want to listen to The Nick and just relax. Sometimes I want to listen to The Omen and just have my, you know, hair blown off. Mm. So it's, yeah, yeah, I, I find, I always find it hard to recommend Some, stuff. Something's just occurred to me as well, which um, is that I think, I might be wrong about this, but I think that the, um, the renewed interest in buying soundtrack records might be um, quite a lot to do with uh, the physical thing as well, because mm-hmm. there are less physical like back in the day, show show my age, but back in the day, if you got into movies, there was a lot of stuff that you could buy. You could buy magazines about them. Mm-hmm. You could buy, you know, Fangoria covering the, and you could buy posters, and you could get you get like t-shirts. You and could get all stuff, sorts yeah. of stuff that was not not just kind of like you know some company doing a little limited run of it. It would be like no, there'd be a bunch of stuff about that mm. movie that you could get, and you could then show your love of that thing by having physical stuff. And because there's less of that now, I think that, that maybe soundtracks are kind of filling that gap a bit for people. It's like a way of kind of, you know, uh, waving waving that flag in the air and saying, I'm really down with this. I'm, yeah, this is, know, I'm a, I'm a fan, fan of this, yeah. I think some of it as well... It just occurred to me that yeah, might be part of I it. I think part of it as well may be the collectability of the variants. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, some records, they just look amazing. They just they just do. And, and yeah, like, I'm a big fan of black vinyl when I first started buying records, you know, 30-odd years ago, records came on black vinyl. Occasionally, there would be a picture disc, and it would sound like garbage, but, you know, yeah, it was... That, that's, that's, that's a picture disc in Exactly, <laughs> that's a picture disc. But nowadays, you have these records that just look insane. They've got all these weird splatters and this and that, and, you know, it's kind of... I, th- I think part of that has definitely uh, ramped up the collectability and drawn people in... Because it's That's like, weird, oh, this is it? a cool thing. Yeah, but it's like an inverse of, like, again, going back, um, if I, I wasn't really, I'm, I'm kind of out of the loop a bit with you guys in terms of your connection with hardcore, because I wasn't really mm. um, into hardcore, but I was more into it was american music i was listening to but it was more kind of like sonic youth and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, well, that's still i i would argue not to interrupt but i would argue that obviously i mean that that has it very has much it has some of the same it. roots sure yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i'm just it, you know when people start talking about black flag and you know kind of um there's a there's a lot of stuff that i literally know almost next to nothing about mm. i just it never came my way and misfits i didn't really hear much stuff at the time but then later on um but it was kind of like um I forgot my train of thought on this one. I, I I was never really I was never really kind of like um aware of that side of things at the time. Um but uh no, I've lost my train of thought on that one completely. <laughs> I was really interested then in what you were gonna say. Well, I, just... I, inter- I interrupted you, I apologize. No, no, that's no, fine. This will happen to me very senior moment. One thing actually, there's a there's a question actually, Ray, I wanted to ask you. Uh, how did you find our podcast? 
It was, um, oh man, I want to say it was probably one of, uh, one of your guests. I wish I could really definitively place a finger on it, but it was, uh, it was one of your earlier shows. I'd have to, I'd have to look back in the archive no, to be like, oh yeah, I think it, I think it was that one, but I think it was, uh, yeah, a guest, um, yeah. And basically tweeted about appearing on it. And then I listened to it and I was just like, oh, so here, here's, here's my long lost friends from, from <laughs> over the pond. Here's, here's, here's some dudes speaking my language. Um, uh, and so, yeah, then, then, then I was all, all on board of, uh, after that. No, it's cool because, like, a bunch of the podcasts that I listen to, I've kind of become friends with those guys because I, I kind of had an inkling, like, I bet those guys like soundtracks. Like, I could just tell by listening to your podcast, you're going to like soundtracks. And uh, Rob from Killer POV has become, like, a really good friend of mine. And I adore their podcast because they kind of do what we do uh, for movies, so they'll, they'll discuss movies they'll have a guest and stuff like that and it's just uh it's it's a like this podcast world is so big but so small at the same time <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah we're, we're 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 all coming at it from the same place we just have our hmm. own little uh corners that we like to stand on and we can just wave each, wave at each other from across exactly. the street <laughs> and then and then occasionally invite one another over for yeah. uh for some coffee or some drinks and then yeah we'll be like all right cool well that that's because uh, essentially you don't um no one's protective over their audience it's mm. just a matter of like uh cluing people in to cool stuff and yeah. it's like yeah you should listen to this because of this well yeah absolutely it's like i was saying earlier i think i think it's actually healthy for there to be more you know in, in this like in this world uh, of non-experts talking enthusiastically about stuff mm. they like to other people that like that stuff i think the more the the better um and um it was uh, to me always that way with like, whether it was kind of like cult movies or, you know, I want, I want there to be like five cinemas showing cool movies, not just one. Mm. Cause I'm much more likely to go to those cinemas if I've got a choice. And I think it's like cool to have like as many, as many people as possible doing the same thing. Obviously me too. Yeah. there's not that many, not that many soundtrack podcasts as far as no. we know. I don't know any others that are quite like ours. I know there's a I'd couple, like there to couple be more, out though. there, but I mean, even if you could do a, a, a soundtrack podcast just on horror movies, yeah. I mean, that, well, that's, that's a it. big, I mean, we do genre stuff. Of course we do, but I mean, that's not, necessarily the best stuff all the time so and, and also wouldn't interest me no. i mean I, I love i love that stuff but mm. i wouldn't want to be kind of do um, it all the time yeah well yeah. i just i just wouldn't want to be kind of fenced into mm. being that specific about it um there's, there's too many great aided synth scores yeah. <laughs> to like yeah. you know canon movies that people have forgotten well, <laughs> about how great they are we had we had um, a moment earlier where um to- tony on the episode played um you'll have to you have to say what oh, it was, is uh, tra- like you blew my mind yeah, I mean, I, I thought uh, I'd heard everything. Dragon sound uh, from the movie Miami uh, Connection. Miami Connection, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like some very obscure movie that Alamo Draft House kind of unearthed, yeah. and then and actually put out the theme on a seven inch. And Tony played it to me, and I was like, "Shit, you've got to hear the theme from Young Warriors, like this '80s canon movie." And then spent like 15 minutes just going, "Where the fuck is it? Where's the record? Where's the record?" <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's awesome that we just kind of like trigger these little sort of, uh, neuron, you know, little neurons firing like, Oh, that's cool. You got to hear this. Right. Right. (laughs) It's yeah. It's again, just it's madness really. Yeah. Showing, showing people cool stuff. Um, did you, uh, I don't know if you guys wanted to, uh, cause I, I have to jet here in about 10 minutes. Um, okay. I don't know if you, if you wanted to, uh, to dive into, uh, any of the uh, vinyl score stuff. Or Definitely. If you yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I'm well up for doing vinyl score if you are. Yeah, man, go yeah. for it. We'll piece this together in a way that makes sense. Um, uh, do you want to do you want to intro it then, Tony? Yeah, I'll do my usual. Do, um, do your quick, and, I'll, and it's like four tunes, um, but you'll just get like forty seconds of each one, so it shouldn't take too long. No problem, As, especially if you get them all straight away. <laughs> yeah, you, if you do that, it will be which, over in which minutes. Will happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's wrap this sucker up. Uh, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you, Ray. It's been a, a, a like this is. I wasn't sure how this was going to go, but it's it's been awesome. It genuinely is. We should do more of these crossover things uh, with with cool podcasts. But uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on at some point as well, because I'm sure there'll be a ton more to talk about somewhere down the line. But now all the friendliness has gone from the room. <laughs> I'm going to hand you over to Scott now for the not so dreaded. Because 2016 is the year that we're pro vinyl score, or I'm pro vinyl score. So yes, I'm going to hand you over now to Scott, and he's going to give you the lowdown on the vinyl score. Well, our first vinyl score of the year, actually, it and is, it's been yeah. it's been quite a while since we've done one. So um, thanks for uh, taking the plunge. Yes, I will. I will do my best, and I, I will echo the sentiments as well. I knew this was going to be fun, so I appreciate you guys obviously uh, indulging my idea and been like, it's oh been yeah, great. this this mm. makes sense. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure we could fill a lot more virtual airtime um, <laughs> we could so um you're gonna hear four tracks from and i'll what i've done and i sometimes do this is like without knowing really your kind of habits or you know we don't like to make this kind of like a real dick move and just trying to catch people out so i've kind of like tried to pitch it a little bit uh, towards what i think you might be into <laughs> who knows um but you're gonna hear four four tracks and um if you can give me the Film and the composer, you get two points or one for each. Great, cool. Get yourself on that scoreboard because it is the it is the place for where the cool kids hang out. Yeah, I uh, love I love our scoreboard. <laughs> it's great. I, just, I, I, I legit just want one point. So uh, that's <laughs> that, that's that's my uh, that's the bar that I'm that's aiming for. <laughs> let's let's cool. okay. I'm just I'm just having a look down the list now of what Scott's got for you and uh, okay, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I see what you're getting with this. Cool, so, right? Yeah. So here's here's your first uh, selection coming up. Oh, and I should just say this is uh, the off-air bit um, because of the way I have to fade it down and stuff like that. If you just wait until we fade back up before you talk about it, we'll do. Does that makes sense. Okay. Born in Chicago, raised in the city streets, my mama gave me the basic facts of life.
and we're back in the room. Spectacular. <laughs> you, uh, you, you've warmed my, warmed my heart because in my, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, if they're going to ask me to do the vinyl score, I, like I said, my bar was one point. So yeah, in, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm barely certain because they have no clue really to what I listen to from a soundtrack perspective. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to look in the sort of punkish direction mm-hmm. and, Please, please include Repo Man. Please include <laughs> Repo Man because awesome. That is that is where I will I will potentially get a point. So it's Repo Man. Obviously, the the second song was TV Party by Black yes, Flag. That's um, two points there. Very and, good. We obviously had the psychic connection fully fully engaged for that one. <laughs> I, I I really yeah, like I said, I really appreciate that because and and I, I, I there's obviously a further connection with Henry Rollins being one of the uh, uh, amazing character actors mm-hmm. <laughs> in many movies, getting his foot shot in Point Break. Um, but anyways, or no, that was Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, sorry, but anyways, I'm it, his stunning people. turn in Johnny Mnemonic is worth. Remember, he's uh, his new movie actually, He Never Died, is really worth checking out. Oh, here that's uh, good, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's actually quite good, yeah, yeah. But well, yes, but thank, thank you very much. I no problem. Have, well, I to be to honest, it. like any excuse because it is just really is the, the gift that keeps giving that soundtrack. I mean, I think there was a time when it like went missing from my collection, and I realized at some point, and I was like, I have never moved as quickly, <laughs> uh, you know, I've never replaced a record as quickly as I did that day. It was a uh, yeah, it's a bad time. But um, yeah, we're, we're scoring two for two at the moment. So um, things are going to get a little rougher for you, probably. That's fine. Yeah, I'll, but, ta- I'll um, take it. But you'll take it. <laughs> You've already hit your bar. So uh, here comes your second tune. It is just about to get tasty, that one, but hopefully that's you enough. You cut it off too quick. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. If if I know, I know. And I don't know. Oh, well. That, I mean, I... We like, do clues. We do clues. So I'm going to give you a clue. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Um... Yeah, still, still not helping me. I apologize. No, no, no. Um, 
That's fine. Um, early nineties. I can't. I can't believe if you say you've never seen this film, that would be a massive shock. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but it's possible. It's possible that you've not seen it. Um, very early nineties. I think it was like ninety ninety one, something like that. And I mean, we're, we're, well, yeah. I was. I was thinking. Well, no. Yeah. No. I. I. I wasn't going to be able to venture a guess. Ah. Well, that one is from. It's Paramad. And tr- I think they're English from the intro. Yeah. <laughs> the track's called Slaughterhouse and it's from Wild at Heart. Mm, yes. I, I, and it's that awesome I, opening thing. You're going to say that you had an inkling about what it was now. No, I, no, I didn't because I have, I have never seen that movie. Oh, so really? That, I know. So I, I'm defying your expectations of me. Yeah. Um, I even worked at I even worked at a blockbuster video over here, and I, that just I I can see the cover box. I put the movie away, but just uh, never never watched it. So um, yeah, it sounds I'm, I'm sh- it sounds terrible of me to say it because like I'm sort of patronizing or something, but Ooh. I genuinely can't I can't believe that there are people that haven't seen that film because it's so great. But um, the, the use of the use of the tunes in that is really good. It's worth it's worth checking out. Okay, I remember that the the cover box didn't uh, the, the the there was a dress if i'm not mistaken yeah um, mm-hmm. okay that, that that that's worth a point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stretching I'm, slightly um, I'm, make, I'm making up my own rules as we go. <laughs> it's cool but my, my thought process a little bit on that was that 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 kind of movie was the point where lynch started to branch out a bit with music and started using metal and you know hardcore tunes in in his films and so that carried on you know, there's like later films like Lost Highway where he's using stuff like Ramstein and stuff. It gets quite um, absurd, but yeah, he obviously he obviously got his metal on in the early '90s, and um, it stayed on for at least a decade. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Right. Um, this next one is score rather than soundtrack. So let's see if this is better or worse for you. Thank um, you. Number three coming up. Right? Yep, right, right. Oh, iron! Get your hand down. 
upright, 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 up, up, time. Here, upright, 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 up. I love working for Uncle Sam. Okay. He had a tough one turning that off, didn't he? <laughs> it was that was really tough. <laughs> is uh so well is Full Metal Jacket, is that the movie? It uh-huh. is. Okay. Full metal Just jacket. wanted to make sure. Because it was it was I was originally pulled towards <laughs> Apocalypse Now, but oh, I was like, yeah, no, 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 okay. no. That's that, just just from the score bit, but then obviously once I heard the voice, I think um, the, um, that's fantastic. You get a point for the film and the the composers. It's pre- I mean I I know the composer's name, but I probably if if I was in your shoes, I might struggle a little bit to remember it. So that's mm. that's a bit of a cheap trick. What we'll do instead is if you can give us the name of the chap who was shouting during that track, the actor. Oh, oh man! Uh, <laughs> then you could get an extra point. Oh gosh! I mean, he yeah. did quite. He did quite a few movies, but um, you know, he'll always be remembered for his work on uh, on Full Metal Jacket, and he's no longer with us, sadly. Um, yes, I know. Oh man! He has a first it, initial, and then followed by two names. Yeah, it's like it, it, I want to say it's like the uh, the oh gosh, uh, <laughs> it's so M- tough. The R- Robert isn't that his first Ooh, name? Maybe what, R R for Robert, but I don't know what his first name is. But the first initial is R, and then okay. he has two names after that. And the, I, his character's name <laughs> is Hartman, right? That's right. That's, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that. But good lord! Wow, I, you got I, the character's name though. I, I, I think, that's, I think like, that's worth a point. You I, got I actually couldn't name. remember that myself. So um, <laughs> I, yeah, don't that was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that was R. Lee Ermy, is the oh, actor. Oh um, okay. But he was here playing. Um, is it Corporal Hartman or? Uh, no, it wouldn't be Corporal. Sergeant. He was Sergeant Hartman. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket. Awesome. That that track. I say was just really difficult to pull the slider down on. I used to have that on seven inch. It was a it was a single over here called "I Want to Be a Drill Instructor." Yeah. And I bought that as a kid. I had no clue what Full Metal Jacket was. I just because it was kind of like a mega mix with this like really crap eighties beat. But now I'm like, I had good taste as a child. That was a great single. Right, I'm gonna. I've got three possible choices here for your last your last track. So Ray, and gonna, Ray has four points right now. You've got four right four now, and right right right. um, potential for I'm, another two. I'm 300 percent better than I imagined <laughs> I was going to do. So great, you're doing great. Um, I'm going to let Tony pick which of these three we're going to hit you with. Um, I'm leaning towards the top left purely and simply because everybody knows that. Okay. Oh God! Now you just you've said really, you just did it. You've really <laughs> you've really coffin nailed that one, haven't you? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I might take a chance and go for this one. Yeah, because I, I mean, don't. I, I mean, I think it's. I think it's pretty. You think not? Not maybe not so much as. 
I think the top one's We'll probably, go with the top one. Okay. I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to tell you which one it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that makes it... It's like a blind <laughs> test. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and guess it right now. It's Celine Dion Titanic. <laughs> oh, how did he know? Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to knock you a point because the song isn't called Titanic. I'm so sorry, Ray. So sorry. Yeah, you did, you did so well up until this point. <laughs> I know. Sorry. My heart will go on. My heart will go on, guys. You, Come on, please. You have let yourself down. Sorry. Um, here, here comes your last pick. go um very energetic very fantastic it's called chick so, habit which you probably guessed <laughs> from the chorus the song is chick habit right yeah and the okay all right there's a lot of there's a lot of weird memories flooding back in regards to, so <laughs> recovered memories did, right well this uh, if i'm if i remember correctly like this was in a Tarantino movie. Ooh. Like, wasn't this in Death Proof? Oh, oh there we go. Nailed it. Told you. He would. Nailed Told it. You Can you remember the artist though? For two well, points. See, because this, uh, I yes. want to say, yes. Well, make sure. <laughs> I want to say there was a ba- there. Well, there was there was an older punk band called the Queers that oh. did some. Like I, I, I don't know if it's their song because I, I, w- I didn't celebrate their entire catalog. But um, I wish I, I had the answers to this one, but I'm, I'm, no, I'm afraid yeah. I don't have. No, the answers. it's okay. It's it, it just the lyrics stuck out to me. But um, uh, gosh, I can't, I can't think of the name of the the actual art, like the song that you played. We so give I, we give clues. We give clues. I'm going to give you a clue to it's a, a solo artist is credited. And her first name, her Christian name, is the name of a month of the year. The name of the month yeah, of the year? Yeah, but that's all you're getting from us. Mm. You're on your own now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so, like, uh, March, um, so I don't close, know. So close. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, that will... It's bizarre, actually. Thinking because, about it, there Because are that's a lot her surname. Of, there, there are a lot of women's names... In the name of the month. No, no, I've right. just, just realised that it, both of her, both of her names are months. Oh yeah, no, I'm such are, a yeah. putz. Yeah, one, one of them being March. <laughs> oh, so the, Mar- March is the last name. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, I think that's the, right. Let me just check. Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I really had to think for a second. There, I was like, that can't be right. That can't right. be right. This seems so bizarre. <laughs> January, September. It probably wasn't her real name. Let's just go as far as that. Well, her surname's March. Do you want to have a punt at that first that first uh, month? April. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> and he nails it. In Boom! One. Oh my. April, March. Was April, it? March. It's all, it's almost like they've just gone, opened a calendar, and gone April, March. Hey, there, there you go. Oh, that's amazing! Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, well, April, March. Um, not only have you not disgraced yourself and and 
well, I hit your own bar running, frankly. Um, you, you're pretty much the middle of the board there. Like, yeah, oh, six points. Big six. I feel, I feel vindicated. I feel like I, I just went through, I, I feel like I went through the gauntlet. This feels, because I, 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 frankly, I haven't done a test in years. So this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is high on my, uh, my anxiety ridden brain. It, but it was, they, it was, it was very much like the atmosphere here was very much like the movie Creed for quite, for quite a lot of that. It was, it wasn't looking so great. And then it gets slopes. Yeah. yeah. You have, pull, <laughs> pulled it out of the bag. Great. Well, th- I, I appreciate that. The, uh, the, picks, the picks were definitely gentle on my ears, so thank you. Thanks, man. They would have been different if I'd have picked them, I'll say that much now. <laughs> I am a far harsher master than Scott is. You would have, uh, you would have just played 14 minutes of Sun for me. Yeah, it's so uh, what's this one note? Oh, right, yeah. Is that boring? Oh, shit, do you know what? I'm spoiling it by saying it because we could do it on somebody, but mm. those are gas tracks from Sinister would be good. Yeah. I bet somebody would because they Yeah, they probably would. Yeah. Ah, another story for another time. Yeah. But anyway, Ray, thank you for joining us on the DFC. Thank you for inviting us to be part of the 100 Words uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thank you for doing the vital score. Not everybody agrees to it. so uh, <laughs> Not everybody lives. Yeah. Thank, thank you for joining <laughs> us. And, uh, you know, hope to talk to you uh, again down the road. Absolutely. This will. This could be a recurring feature for both of our shows. Just do it. No, Weekly. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Have a good day, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. No problem, guys. Thanks. So there you go. That was a nice, fun, and rollicking conversation about uh, the beauty of podcasts, soundtracks, and I hope that it kind of brings some connective tissue together for you, the listener, of why you should invest time in this musical landscape, in this musical world that most people just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just background music or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it technically is, but there's so much beauty and amazing stories behind it that, uh, yeah, why why not? I mean, realistically, there's uh, so much more bad music out there that you can listen to. Um, why, le- why not listen to something good, right? So... Anyways, thank you very much, Tony and Scott, for uh, doing this little fun project with me because I hit them up and was kind of like frantic in an email being like, hey, this would be a good idea. Right, guys? Right, 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 right. And uh, fortunately, they agreed. So listen to the damn fine cast. It is a great weekly digest of all this sort of stuff. And uh, it'll definitely fan your obsession of this stuff if you decide to uh, go down this world. So uh, thank you very much. And please, until next week, be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.